Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome back to The Sesh. I'm Kendall Ray. And I'm Janelle. And thanks for joining us for another episode. Or if you're new here, welcome to The Sesh. We are so happy to have you here. Yes. Today, we're going to be talking about school. We know that a lot of you are going back to school, or maybe your school situation is kind of crazy right now due to what's happening with COVID. Mm -hmm. And so we want to talk a little bit about, you know, how the world has changed when it comes to the education system, but also our personal experiences with school we both have learning disabilities. We kind of have an interesting take on that. And then, you know, our college experience yeah. and grad school experience yeah, for Janelle. Definitely. I feel like we also can kind of have this special connection because we went to the same college. And we did. so I don't know. I kind of think there's like another level of like being able to talk about your experience because we went to the same one. And mm-hmm. um, I actually read the other day that one of you guys goes to the college that we went to, University of Northern Colorado. So what's up? Go Bears. <laughs> Go Bears. <laughs> but yeah, For we're sure. really excited to kind of dive into what our experience was like. And we kind of just wanted to have a conversation about the education system in general, about mm-hmm. testing and standardized testing specifically, and um, you know how everything is being affected by the pandemic. And so we're going to kind of dive into all of that. But first, of course, we do have our spicy topics for the week. Spicy. Yes, we have an update on Ellen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is becoming the Ellen update show. Dude, for real. I feel like every week we're talking about, um, yeah. oh man, but there's, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. So n- new stuff keeps coming out. Yeah. And I mean, hopefully this is the last week for a while that yeah. we yeah, are talking about Ellen. We won't be talking about, people are probably like, shut up about Ellen. <laughs> no, but this is interesting. This is a big break in the story though. Okay. So recently Ellen had a big staff meeting over Zoom with everyone that she works with. And I guess it got really emotional and she announced that three of her executive producers were being fired. Um, And so one of them, Ed Galvin, that was the guy who's being accused of sexual harassment. He's fired. He's being fired as well as Jonathan Norman and Kevin Lehman. Um, So three of the big executive producers right off the bat, boom, gone. Wow. So I think that's, that's good and needed. That is, yes. And then I guess someone who was at the meeting um, said, quote, DeGeneres was emotional to the point of tears and apologetic as she addressed more than 200 staffers. According to multiple sources, DeGeneres told the staff she was, quote, not perfect and realized that in the effort for the show to run as a well-oiled machine, sometimes leaders were not as sensitive to human beings as they should have been. She added that reading disturbing allegations about the atmosphere of the show was heartbreaking. Um, and then she also addressed the rumors about how people are, you know, saying you can't look in the eyes or talk to her or anything. And she was like, that's completely crazy. And she was like, please talk to me. Please look me in the eyes. Yeah. We brought that up last week and we were kind of like, how much of that is true? Exactly. Like, that sounds so ridiculous. I know. And they say that about a lot of celebrities, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, a lot of the stuff online is not correct, you know? Yeah. There's, yep. <laughs> absolutely. Bullshit. So. The cool um, thing, though, is they are going to now have Twitch 
as one of the producers, which yeah. is really cool if you've ever, if you're into the show at all, or if you've seen Twitch on So You Think You Can Dance. Yeah. He and Ellen did that famous dance a long time ago. It's, it's really good if you look it up. Yeah, he's <laughs> really awesome. I really like him. And I think it's like a perfect fit because he's been on the show for so long and, um, you know, he deserves it. I feel like he deserves a shot at this. So, yeah. And I'm glad they're getting a clean house. I mean, I think that that was a good move and yeah, I, I don't know. I'm glad that she's actually acknowledging it. I, I really wonder if she's going to say anything at that first episode though. Yeah, so do I, I kind of think she will. I don't think she's going to hide away from it. Maybe. I mean, I think it would be a good idea, but then like, I think you had mentioned in the last episode, do you want other people who don't know about this and who are like, you know, not mm-hmm. following the drama to tune in on the first season and be like, Oh, Ellen's <laughs> yeah. being Mean? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> shit. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how much will she address exactly what it is? She could yeah. be like, we've gotten some negative feedback. And mm-hmm. I mean, to her credit, most of it isn't about her. It's no. about these producers yeah. and they're accusing her of knowing about it. But at the end of the day, there is no proof that she did know about any of this. Right. Um, which, you know, it's her show and, and then how they've treated everyone during the pandemic is definitely, yeah. I mean, she should have some responsibility for that. And I, I, agree. I hope that she does address some of that. Well, she she did end up, I think this is so stupid, but she gave them five paid days off to use at their discretion and then birthdays okay. off as well as paid time for doctor's appointments and family matters. I'm like, okay, why was that just now implemented in five days? I can't pay your rent though. Who cares? Yeah, I so, know. 60% pay cut, that's an issue. I mean, this is the Ellen show. You guys have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I also oh. think it's weird that like even if Ellen is too busy to deal with this, why does doesn't she have an HR department that these people could have so. gone to and been like, um, I have concerns about racial discrimination or Unless sexual it's harassment? So corrupt that the HR is corrupt. I mean, is that common? I thought I HR is like supposed to be really. Yeah, I mean that's not supposed to happen. I mean, there's like you have to yeah. protect employers. Yeah, so. Absolutely. I mean, that's a good point. I didn't even really think about that. I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, let us know what you guys think of the show and will you be tuning in to watch Ellen this fall? <laughs> let us know in the comments below. But also we have another spicy topic about that's kind of a spicy. It's kind of like a it's a little sad spicy. It's like a little sour topic. It honestly. is kind of sour. Maybe we should have like a sour. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Sour. Uh, we'll give it instead. We'll give it a. Oh, hell yeah. For Jenna Marbles because. Mm-hmm. She has, I mean, we've had a kind of an iconic moment with Jenna. Yeah. Um, not in a good way, I guess. Yeah, not in a great way. If you don't know who Jenna is, she's a YouTuber. She's been on the platform for over a decade and she has like over 20 million followers. So she's huge. She's huge. one of the, you know, OGs of YouTube and first YouTuber I ever watched. Yeah, same. And she's really, I think, well known for being her true self still and, you know, not changing as she's gotten so famous and big. She's really stayed down to earth and um, very relatable. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in June, she announced that she was going to be leaving her channel and ending her Jenna Marbles channel, basically, and may or may not return, but it's not looking like she will anytime soon. And she talked about why, and I'm sure a lot of you have seen this. Um, it's not new news or anything, mm-hmm. but um, she had brought up some things that she had done in her past um, that were not intended to be mean. She's not a malicious type of person, but they were insensitive jokes, mm-hmm. jokes that came off as racist. Mm-hmm. And um, she owned up to them, completely apologized for them, and basically said, I'm not on the internet to hurt anyone. And if I'm hurting people, I think it kind of freaked her out to even think like, wow, I can't believe I did that. And yeah. she she truly felt really bad about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, she took 
that responsibility for it. And I think that made a lot of people gain even more respect for her than yes. she already has. Right. Um, but unfortunately at that point she decided, yeah, to leave her channel. And I think we all thought it was going to be kind of a break. Um, but now it turns out that after five episodes of the Jen and Julian podcast, mm-hmm. since she left of Julian, just do it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, she has decided to end the show completely. So that yeah. was pretty big news in the podcast world. They're a big show. Right. We know that a lot of you probably watch them. Yeah. I mean, um, I was obsessed with them. I watched yeah. them like every Monday on their, um, you know, whenever they put their video out. And I guess I'm not, you know, really surprised because I think that Julian did do a great job of carrying it on for those few weeks. But it's it's hard to do that as a solo person, yes. as an inner, you know, they're an entertainment podcast. And it's, it's, I'm sure it's really hard to do that. And he's probably, you know, realistically thinking what the hell, or maybe he doesn't want to do it without her. Who knows? Yeah. So, I mean, their type of show is really set up to be two people. Yeah. I mean, it's like a couple's show, right? We were heavily inspired with this show yes. by Jen and Julian. Oh, they're a huge inspiration. They are, they just have so much fun. Anything yes. goes, they'll be cooking chili, and yes. having singing competitions yeah. and shark tank. And right. we really eventually want to do that type of fun stuff on our show. Cause when they're having fun, I have fun watching yes. them have fun. Exactly. And it's like, hard to have fun when you're by yourself. Yeah. Like how much fun can you really get into alone? Right. Totally. Um, exactly. He tried to incorporate viewers yeah. um, to like, you know, get their stories and yeah. kind of, but even that is hard. You're still reading and the person's not there. And I felt very stressed for him several times while watching the podcast episodes. Cause I could just tell he was like overwhelmed and I sure. cannot imagine carrying a podcast by myself. No. There's no way I would do it. Yeah. That would That's be so really, really hard. hard to do. And I'm pretty sure they do completely uncut. So that's yeah, extremely do. hard, extremely hard to do. So, yeah. so um, I mean, I understand obviously yeah. like really sad. I think a lot of people are super bummed, but I think it's really necessary for her and she needs to just be a human. Like she's saying, mm-hmm. she's like, I'm not going to be an internet person for right now. I just want to be a human. And she mentioned she's getting the help that she needs, whatever that may mean. And, um, yeah, I'm honestly like really proud of her for making yes. that step because I'm sure that has been weighing on her for so long. And I'm sure the amount of like guilt she's honestly feeling for, you know, letting people down mm-hmm. and whatever. And so I, I just wish them the best. Yeah, I do too. And I think mental health first, and I totally understand burnout and being overwhelmed and really worried about making a mistake. Like I am always hyper worried that I'm going to accidentally do something or say something that offends someone or hurts someone. Like Mm -hmm. that's not my attention on the internet either. So I get, I get where she's coming from with that. And I think she's been on for so freaking long. Like you can't expect someone to be on entertaining us for the rest of their lives. Like, you know, and maybe she will come back. We don't know. She did say that maybe her and Julian will do something else in the future. Right. Um, but for now, she just wants to be a normal person. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, for real, just be a normal person. So, yes, of course, we wish them the best, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Um, but we have one more news story that we decided to talk about this week since we're talking about school, and we found this to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically what's going on, we all know that because of COVID, all of the schools closed down back earlier this year, um, and in the U.K., those who were applying to colleges couldn't take their entrance exams, like kind of like how we have SAT and ACTs. Those are called A-levels and GCSE, I guess is what they're called. Uh, but anyways, they couldn't take them. So what they had to do instead, they were instructed to, their teachers had to give them a grade based on their performance and what they you know, thought they deserved. And the grade was submitted to the you know education department 
And um, then it was determined that all the teachers had been scoring their students too high and that it was like kind of messed up because, the, you know, for whatever reason, they thought that teachers were being too lenient or giving too many students good grades bad. or something. Yeah, I'm sure. And also, I would like to point out the fact that you can be a great student and have mm-hmm. terrible testing and like get a bad yes. score on a test and be a a student. It doesn't mean you didn't try right. or you didn't pay attention or you didn't go to class or you don't care. Yeah. Right. Um, I, we're both horrible test takers. So right. I definitely understand that. But just the idea of a teacher having to be like, hmm, I wonder, like, let me just give them a grade. Mm-hmm. I would feel guilty as a teacher. I would be like, I can't do this because I don't know what they were going to get. They could at any part in the semester, like what if they had a rough couple of months right. and they did bad in the first part and yeah. then they like really got got it together or like decide they want to save their grade that gives them no opportunity yeah um, that's being completely judged mm-hmm. especially I think it's weird that it's up upon the teacher to determine really if you're getting into a college or not yeah like that's really it should be upon you to determine you know your performance mm-hmm. is determining determining it yes so I thought that was weird. But then the worst part about it is because everyone was like, oh, the teachers are scoring too high. They had to like create an algorithm. And basically they put all the scores through this algorithm. And then the new scores popped out. And it was found that 40% of the grades given were downgraded. And only about 2% of the scores were increased. So 40% of the students got lower scores and were hurt that's, by this algorithm. Wow. That's unbelievable. Which is so terrible. Then it was so frustrated. See, like for real though, it, that, that, that's so stressful. I just I can't even imagine being a student going through that. Honestly. I know I'm really thankful to personally not be in school right now. Me and I really feel too. for all of you who are in school and trying to get your education yeah. during this craziness. Mm-mm, not good. Um, so then they found that the algorithm was messed up And they found that the main group of people who were impacted by this were students who had generally good performance in school, but were less wealthy um, from their backgrounds and therefore went to schools that had less funding and naturally did not perform as well. Wow. Like, isn't that insane? That is. That's absolutely bizarre. You're already at a, you know, disadvantage Disadvantage. and it's crazy. I guess the, those who attended private school were at an advantage compared to those who attended diverse schools or, you know, public schools. It's really just rich schools versus schools that don't have like tons of funding. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Sometimes lack of parental support. There's obviously several reasons why, but there's tons. So I guess kids who attend um, private schools were twice as likely to receive an A as those with public schools. So again, it's just That's just judging people. It's totally, you know, rigged this algorithm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess oh, there was one student in particular who apparently had already been accepted into the two top engineering and science universities in Britain. And all she had to do was take the test in order to secure her spot. Um, but, you know, her teacher ended up ranking her and her teacher gave her an A, but the algorithm changed her physics grade to a B and the schools ended up taking away her admission. That's unbelievable. So I would be terrible. so, so I would be irritated. Livid. Oh uh, are God. any of you being affected by yeah. this? I'm curious. I know we have a lot of UK followers or just like in general, mile higher does. And so mm-hmm. if any of you guys are being affected by this, let us know because I'm really interested in you know how this whole thing is going and. It's, it's insane to me. Um, the, at first, the prime minister, Boris Johnson, was like, oh, there's there's nothing wrong with the results. And in fact, students from disadvantaged backgrounds are even more likely than ever to go to a university as res- as the results of the grades, which I was like, it's just a lie. That's a lie, dude. <laughs> 
So students actually started protesting and like, Good. we're like, fuck this. And, and there was enough uproar that they ended up reversing the decision. And now they're going back to the original scores from their teacher. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. And they should all be given a tiny inflation for their grade for how yeah, ridiculous this is. I, I mean, agree. these are desperate times and you can't screw people over on top of it. Well, now the universities are saying, oh, because of the all these people got so many good scores, now we have too many students admitted into our universities. And so now we may have to like deny some students and make them start later on because we don't have an, we don't have enough physical room to fit all of you people. Oh, so yeah, I mean, that is a problem. <laughs> I see the problem. I guess especially with COVID and stuff, that could be a problem yeah, for sure. I can't overload. Huh? No. Wow. So. God, this has just caused such a mess, COVID in general. I mean, you know, we wanted to bring up the debate of whether or not we should be going back to schools. You know, a lot of people are starting school for the first time in months. Mm -hmm. And should we be doing that? And, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Should we be going back to school or not? I don't know. I feel like that's the real question here because a part of me is like, you need to go back to school because of the fact that a lot of families rely on school to take care of their kids during the day, Mm -hmm. you know, Families have to work to put food on the table and to pay for a roof over their head. And so, you know, it's not fair to be like, nope, now all of a sudden you're a babysitter. You better find a way to afford a babysitter. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, you know, do you put like a price on like health? I don't know, because I feel like sending kids to school is just like it's germ city in school. They're kids. I know. And that's the whole thing is the debate of whether or not kids are super spreaders because kids are super germy and kids wipe their hands on everything. Everything. It's not. And they, you know, do everything disgusting that there is. And, you know, you'd think that they would be spreading really fast. So why would you, it's like a cesspool in the schools, Mm -hmm. but um, a lot of schools have been arguing and researchers that, they're not super spreaders and they actually spread COVID in way smaller numbers than Mm. anyone else. Um, But, you know, we don't really know we're figuring this out as we go. And a lot of teachers are very concerned about their health. In fact, some teachers are making obituaries already, which is mind blowing to me. And I really, really feel for them. I have friends who are teachers. I was going to be a teacher before I ended up doing podcasting and YouTube for a living. So um, I just, I know how little they have to work with as it is. Their job is so stressful. On top of that, they have to worry about risking their lives. Mm -hmm. They're not getting paid enough for this shit. It's absolutely not. Yeah. And I think another point is like, okay, kids aren't super spreaders, but there's hundreds of staff members in the school. Right. Running around custodian members, other staff members, teachers, counselors, you know, those who work in the cafeterias, there's tons of adults running around to yeah. make sure the school runs. So it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. okay, well, what happens when two out of the 200 staff members get COVID? You know, oh, I know. So I know. Do, does the school shut down for two weeks? What happens? I don't know. Yeah. And just like the logistics behind keeping everyone safe in the school is so difficult. Mm-hmm. Like they have to just sanitize and clean all the time. The janitors are working way harder. There's more of them hired, which is good. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of work to make sure because people they're moving around a lot. You go, especially in middle school or elementary school, you like go around the school a lot. You go to PE, go right. here, you know, right. it's a lot of kids coming out of different areas mm-hmm. and you know, they have, I guess they've tried to break it off where some schools do like Monday, Wednesday, some kids go mm-hmm. Tuesday, Thursday, whatever they have like certain days. Um, and they're keeping people, some schools are doing three feet apart. Some people are doing six. Can you imagine going to school? And I mean, some of you are like, yeah, I'm there. You're like, yeah. <laughs> but um, I cannot picture 
being six feet away from everyone at school and even lunch tables. Like I know it's almost apocalyptic to, yeah. looking at the videos they have to sit by themselves. Yeah. Like all away from each other and wearing masks. Really? That's bizarre. another thing is how are you going to keep all these kids masks on? Like the young ones? No, they're gonna be like, this is hot. Like I even sometimes pull out when I'm in the store without even thinking about it. Cause it's hot or I'm, whatever. And I like start taking it off. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, put it back on. <laughs> um, yeah. but these are kids. They I don't know. even understand what's going on. Some of them. Well, and the ones like middle schools or stuff, like what's to say they're not going to be like, Hey, I'll, you know, I dare you to take your mask off and cough or blah, yeah. blah, blah. You know, oh, they will, they will. Or they'll like, see a girl and be like, <laughs> yeah, <"Hooties, laughs> let me cough on you. Oh my God, that's I mean, so they're bad. children. How are you going to make sure that they're always six feet apart? And there's so much that goes into it. Not to mention, what if someone in the school gets COVID? I don't know how right. protocol protocol works I think for that. You have to, I think, well, let's see, John, my boyfriend, his mom works at a school and she was telling me that if, you know, one person in the class gets COVID then that whole class quarantines okay. for two weeks. Cause I think they're like all in little tiny cohorts. Like they're supposed to be traveling all in groups together. Okay. So it's less you know, mixing and matching as possible. And I wonder if they are like going off to PE and chaining, are they all in one room all day I having lunch know. in there? I mean, I'm not sure exactly how it works, yeah, but I don't know. Um, I think it's different for everyone in every school. That's the other thing is like the protocols different everywhere. So right. that's confusing and unhelpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's like one of those things where I don't really know what the answer is. I don't think anyone really does because this is something we've never lived through. Mm-hmm. Um, none of us in this generation have experienced or this you know, grouping of generations has experienced a pandemic like this where no. you can't be in public and you can't, you know, it's been like since the plague or something, right? Or yeah. the Spanish flu or something. It's crazy. It's how been a long time since there was something like this. Yeah. We don't know how to deal with this. No. So we're kind of learning as we go. Because on the other hand, there's a lot of arguments for going back to school. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, we did make the argument of, parents have to get, they have to have someone to watch their kids and they have to go to work. But also it's really detrimental to kids to have that much time away from school. And the online learning thing is not good for the younger kids. Like it works well for college and Mm -hmm. high school because you can be mature enough and, Mm -hmm. you know, but having a Skype call with kids, especially a classroom, like I know in the beginning they were trying to have like 30 kids on a call all together to do a lesson. (laughs) And like, I guess only a few kids started showing up for each one. Yeah. So it's really hard. And there are a lot of kids with learning disabilities or other disabilities that they really are making progress at school because they're working with people every day. They have a routine and this has really messed up everything. Mm -hmm. So I, I do get that argument as well. Like life's got to go on at some point. How long are we going to live like this? We got to do the best we can. So I don't know. I want to hear all of your opinions on yeah school right now i also want to bring up the fact i just thought about how a lot of times you know there's tons of kids that come from terrible backgrounds in their house and their home life is a complete mess or is dangerous or whatever and abusive and so school is an escape for them and school is a place to be safe or maybe they rely on a school counselor to be able to talk to on a daily or a special teacher or you know that close friend or for yeah for lunches Um, there's just so many factors that, that play into this. It really are. It's so, it's so complicated. I, I feel for people on both sides. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is really. I don't either. I mean, this is just a mess and I really feel for everyone that's in the education system or in school right now. Yeah. For real. It's yeah, it's a mess. 
But we will discuss more about our thoughts on the school system after a quick word from our sponsor, sponsor. which is not really a sponsor. It's no. actually our moms. Yeah. <laughs> My stepmom and her mom are starting a dog collar business. Yes. And it's really cute. It's an Etsy shop. They've yes. been working on it for a really long time. And they're looking for people to try out their first batch of dog collars, mm-hmm. which are really cool. Josh, can you bring them over? Their Etsy shop is called Cork and Collar, and I'll leave the uh, link in the description so you guys can check it out. Um, What's unique about these collars is they're actually made from cork. Yes, and my mom put a lot of thought into the material she wanted to use for these. Yeah, This has been something they have been working on for a while, trying to get them exactly how they wanted them. Um, So they are yeah, made of cork, which is a really cool renewable resource. It's cork. made from a tree. Yes, cork trees. Mm-hmm. But they're, they don't harm the trees at all. In fact, it's actually helpful for the trees. Every mm-hmm. nine years, it regrows layers of cork. So mm-hmm. it's a totally natural product. Vegan. Mm-hmm. And it's biodegradable. Um, they're really, really lightweight, which is something I like, and really soft. And cork is also a bug repellent, which is so yeah, cool. so cool. <laughs> I know. That's really awesome, like a natural way to repel mosquitoes and stuff. So not only are they really eco-friendly and functional, they're also really cute. They have a bunch of snaps on yes. them where you can customize for the season, yeah. or we have a bunch of crystal snaps. Mm-hmm. So all different options. If you are into crystals and you want to like give your dog something that's going to help with their anxiety yeah. or whatever else they may need, you can they customize have a bunch them. of different crystals, so many different little snaps mm-hmm. and um, they're also adjustable. So they're really cute. They're well made. Um, our handmade. dogs have been wearing, yeah, handmade. Um, our dogs have been wearing them for months, and mm-hmm. they seem to really like them. And they hold um, up well. Yeah. So we're really excited for them. Yes, definitely. We wanted to shout them out for sure. Yes. So check them out again. They'll be down below. And again, they are really looking for feedback. So feel free to leave a review if you do purchase from them, yeah. um, or you know, let them know what you think. So yeah, I'm really excited for them. Yeah, super excited. I hope it'll do well. It's a very cute idea. So it's definitely not unpopular opinion to say that the American school system is kind of suffering and that a lot of people think that it can be improved. Um, Not only that, our numbers show that it has really struggled in the past 30 years even. Like 30 years ago or around there, we were one of the top, if not the top education system in the world. And Finland was way below us and Finland actually changed a bunch of things about their education system and became number one. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it would be interesting to kind of look at what Finland does compared to the United States and what we could have learned from them. Mm -hmm. Um, There's this great documentary. I can't recommend it enough. I've said it so many times um, where to invade next by Michael Moore. It's so good. There's an actual clip of this part. I'm talking about this school's part Um, where he talks about and he goes and visits other countries and shows just how their schools are different. It's mind-blowingly different um, how other people do school in the world and how much more helpful it is and how it's also, I mean, just skyrocketed their numbers. Um, So we'll link that clip below if you're watching on YouTube. But basically they got, the first thing they did was get rid of homework. They got rid of homework completely. There's no extracurricular activities yeah, I as wonder far if that's, as schoolwork. I wonder if that's still true because that documentary is several years old. Right? I think it's still, I mean, I don't think they would change it. They're like very set over there. Um, if it's not true, let me know. That's but crazy. That is how they were doing it for a long time. That's how they improved. 
Um, they don't have any standardized testing. They never did actually. And they think America is bizarre that we do that. Um, I remember one of the things that they talked about was how much is just cut out of the American school system because we don't consider it important. We've put so much emphasis on passing, you know, standardized tests and getting students good scores on that because that's what we're ranked on Mm -hmm. that. We cut out all this other stuff like uh, languages, a lot of languages and like think about how many languages kids in other countries speak. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure in most countries it's required to learn another language in school. That's just like a given, like you, you immediately, you do learn at least one language, if not two more. Yes. And in America, Mm -hmm. you, we, you know, we give language classes and we, you know, provide people opportunity to learn language, but it's not in the same sense that I think other places of the world are. I mean, a lot of times it's, People just take it because, and, and they don't even start taking it until high school, first of all, yeah. which is mm-hmm. like crazy to me that I can't even imagine how much easier it would have been to learn a language if you started in an yes. elementary school. So much easier. Versus trying to learn something all over, you know, in high school. I'm not saying you can't do it, but I don't know why we do that. And then a lot of times it's just required to get into college. So I think that's why people do it here. Like I took Spanish and I hated it because not because like I didn't want to learn another language, but because I hated my Spanish teachers. They were like terrible. I had one good one and one really bad one. And I did so much better the year I had a good one that really cared and got excited about it. Yeah. I was Um, actually really bummed. I would love to be able to speak another language or learn how to speak another language. Same. But it'd be a really nice skill. And it's kind of embarrassing to hear other people when they're like, oh yeah, I speak four or five languages. And I'm like, "Eh, it's very embarrassing. (laughs) It's so American. (laughs) Oh, it's so American. Yeah, it's very annoying. Um, But yeah, we don't put a lot of emphasis on that type of stuff anymore. We've completely, like a lot of high school curriculums have cut out civics completely which is kind of crazy mm-hmm. um and then poetry as well isn't something that we focus on that's a big part of the finland school system they still have an appreciation for fine arts in high school which we do you know do the shakespeare thing and but we don't get what they get like they get a much more in-depth look at everything and i thought it was really interesting that they don't have homework and i think that's a great concept um, yeah homework is stupid there's so many studies yeah. that show it's literally useless and it does more harm than good yeah, like, it literally do does. Do that? They were explaining that when they cut the homework, it just, you know, kids were so much more motivated to learn while they were actually in that setting, knowing that they don't have to go home and continue it. Mm-hmm. And it leaves more time for you to be a kid. I mean, think about it. You only get your childhood once. There's so much time I wish I could get back that I was sitting in middle school, like, and I don't remember even what I fucking learned a lot of it. Yeah. And well, I could have been outside or learning a life skill. Well, or that's what I'm learning saying to cook. is like, It's not that school is bad. It's the way that we teach sitting in a classroom for Mm -hmm. eight hours a day and Mm -hmm. staring at a projector or whatever. Like that's really hard to do versus I think a lot of other countries put emphasis and there are schools that are like this in, you know, the U S now, but they're private schools and that's not the typical curriculum, but the whole idea of learning, you know, to through using your hands, through doing things, through making things, through Mm -hmm. growing things, more of a monastery approach Mm -hmm. and they have them here, but again, it's not very popular and it's really expensive. So Yes, but it's it's you know really weird to think that kids who are supposed to be sponges and absorbing their environment are supposed to really learn sitting you know in a seat for eight hours a day and you know not being able you know only getting like like forty five minutes for lunch and recess mm-hmm. that's not enough and so I think that's a lot of reason why this whole thing of like everyone's being diagnosed with ADD, which is true. Like I think it's mm-hmm. way overdiagnosed, but at the same time. I think we're seeing a lot more of it because of the fact that our school system is just not 
necessarily built for like most kids to succeed. It's not serving most people that are in it, which is a shame. Um, especially when you look at how other countries are doing it and they're seeing such good results. Like why wouldn't we follow suit? Don't we want to be the top or like really low? What are we on the list? Um, I'm not exactly sure. Like I'm looking at this one list right now. Yeah, and it seems to be, you know, it's different on every kind website. Of differs, but with LinkedIn jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. This one says we're (laughs) 20th. The top one being Finland. I think we're even lower than that, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I think it, you know, it depends on what factors you're looking at, obviously, but, um, it's cause we're so focused. Like Americans treat school like a business. Mm-hmm. Like you got to get the kids through, Factory. get good grades so that we have good scores that you get funding and you know, it's all a cycle and it's yeah. not really about the student and their experience and growing people and building our society. This is our future society. Why don't we care? And you know, what's so annoying. And I was thinking about the other day that so many people are so anti money going to schools and they like want even less to go to schools um, because they don't have their own kids in school. So they're like, well, I don't, why do I have to pay for school for other people's kids? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people that don't want that. And I, I understand to an extent, but most countries and most people in other countries want this. They're patriotic. They want their schools to be the top in the world. They yeah. want to compete. They, and they know that means investing in the students. Well, and you're investing in the future of your country. Like right. those are going to be the people, those are going to be the doctors that take care of you when you're an old piece of crap. <laughs> like Exactly. And it's that selfish mentality of like, if it doesn't affect me, I don't care where, you know, that's what's halting us. That's what's holding us back from other, where other countries are. And they're really outperforming us. It's showing. Oh, yes. It says right here, 30 years ago, America was the leader in quantity and quality of high school diplomas. Today, our nation is ranked 36th in the world. That's for high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of our um, statistics also are based on graduation rates. Like we're really obsessed with like the graduation rates, the graduation rates, the dropout rates, and mm-hmm. which I find interesting because I don't know, like grad, like why is it? graduating is like the specific thing that like makes you worthy or not of like getting funding or whatever it is. Like, yeah, we really rank people's worth based on, you know, test scores. Well, don't you think that if a school is struggling way more that they should be getting more funding to help boost the school rather than it's like, Oh, you live in a wealthy area, you get more money. It's like, Well, a lot of people make the argument that schools do get plenty of money. We actually do spend a lot in America on schools. So why are we so underperforming? We spend money on weird things. Yeah, we definitely spend money on weird things. But And I think money is a huge factor in it. I just think there are some other things too. Um, It's the way that we are treating people just in the communities around the schools. Um, Lack of parental support because they're so busy trying to work so much. Yeah. Or um, just continuing the cycle of poverty. Yeah. Um, a lot of kids rely on school for internet sure. and things like that. And, you know, it's just, I think there's also something to be said about the fact that if you grow up in a household where 
um, education wasn't something that was, you know, either a priority or available to your family or whatever, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's more likely that it's ha- it's harder to make that a priority for, you know, the, the, the generations to come. If that's mm-hmm. kind of been like a tradition in your family, that education is not something that is typically valued in your family, then, you know, it's hard for you to all of a sudden be just to decide I'm going to be the one that works really hard to get my education. Like, of course that happens and that's inspiring, yeah. but I think it's, you know, that it's the cycle that we were talking about. Yes. It's the cycle of, of poverty that we need to break. Poverty. Yeah. And yeah. the, the school system is built on, you know, boosting those that already are mm-hmm. prone to do well and are set up to have an advantage. And then, you know, kind of leaves the others that are disadvantaged in the dust, which is really really disappointing because a lot of times you can't, you know, you have no say in where you're going to school. Mm -hmm. I know. And I mean, maybe your parents can afford a really nice, fancy private school and you're going to have that advantage in life over maybe someone who's in a public school. Um, You know, what's really interesting that Finland also does is they completely banned private schools. You cannot pay tuition for school Mm -hmm. in Finland. It's all free. And because they did that, that forces the rich people in each area to pay for the public schools to make right. sure that their kids are getting a good enough education and therefore the kids who are disadvantaged get to benefit from that. Not only that, they're around other kids with money. They're yes. able to see themselves, you know, possibly growing up like one of them or, you know, they're, they're more, they're less segregated. We almost have segregation in uh, a way oh, between, yeah. you know, um, incomes. Absolutely. Oh my God. Totally. I think that that's a great point is, you're grown up in this bubble, whether that's, you know, super wealthy high school or a super poor high school. And you kind of grow up around those people and that's kind of all, you know. And again, when you leave, you continue to kind of hang around those specific types of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And instead of, you know, having a melting pot of people and having, you know, all different people from all different backgrounds and all different cultures and all different socioeconomic statuses and, you know, trying to mesh people to it's just, it's weird that Mm -hmm. we are segregating in a way Mm -hmm. that it almost sets us up to be segregated for like, for life. really, And And that's the way they want it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. Seriously. But some other factors that people often bring up is like, it's the teachers, maybe they're not being paid enough. So they're not motivated. And I think that's a big, big part of it. Um, But I also heard someone talking about how, the, it's the tenure program that's a big deal because that ends up keeping a lot of bad teachers. There are bad teachers, like in any any job. There's mm-hmm. people that don't care as much as others, and you know the difference when you're a student in their class. Like who, you know who your good teachers were and who your bad teachers were, and right. you normally you perform better in the classes that had your good teachers yeah. in it. And so a lot of teachers bring up the fact that some people have gotten that tenure, which means you're like grandfathered into the school basically and you'd have to really fuck up to be fired um and that that's a problem as well which i think is really dumb because as our society is changing i think the education system is changing and what is acceptable for a way to act around students and what is not is changing and so Mm -hmm. i think that's you know teachers who have been teaching for 40 years who taught one way you know 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry, but that's probably not going to work the same now. So really you should be held extra accountable. Like I remember this one teacher I had in high school, he was a 
like he was a creep and he was an asshole. <laughs> we and, all had a creep. <laughs> and I like went to complain about it and they were like, he's been here for a long time. Yeah. I'm like, I, that, that even more the reason to talk to him then stop being a creep. You've been here forever. You should be, mm-hmm. know to not be creepy. Mm-hmm. No, it's a big problem. And I mean, a lot of people it's good and it does give them job security and you know, it's good in that sense, but you, you want people to constantly adjust. Like you were saying, like you have to relearn in any other job, if you're a doctor, you can't just be like, well, I went to school 40 years ago, so I'm just no. going to pretend that's all I know. Oh my and God, like, no. any, you can't do that. Or think of like uh, a tech support person. They have to constantly relearn yeah. the new technology. Oh, and counseling in order to keep up with mm-hmm. your licensure, you have to prove that you're doing some types of trainings every year. You have to keep up with what the latest is when it comes to that type of stuff. And I think education is one of the most important ones. Because mm-hmm, we're figuring out new ways to learn all the time. Exactly. And we're not applying those a lot of the time. And some we're teachers are so stuck in our ways. I think some teachers are, you know, yeah, they try taking, what they can. They're, you know, taking the steps to educate themselves on what the newest, you know, things are and the newest trends for schools and stuff like that. And, and how much can you do? Right. But that's hard when you're on school curriculum too. Like you're expected to oh, have yeah. this, that, and the, right. like you don't a get lot to of, choose what you teach. No. And that's one of the, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later, but I was going to be an elementary school teacher and I did three years of college for that. And that's one thing I realized when I was in there is the lesson plans are so strict in the curriculum. And I was like, I'm not going to have a lot of freedom to like influence these kids the way I want to. Mm-hmm. Cause it's so, there's so much for them to do. There's so much like busy work and it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. So there's specific topics that you have to cover. There's specific ones that you're probably not allowed to cover is my guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then of course there's the topic of teachers really are underpaid. And I think that does make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, some teachers are way, way underpaid and have way too many students. That's the yeah. other huge factor is our schools and our there's communities are growing students. so fast and we're not, we don't have enough schools for them. So our class sizes have gone way up. I mean, we, like, you know, I bet your class in first grade was like 23, 24 yeah, max. Now, um, now it's like bigger. 33, 35. That's crazy. That's so yeah. many kids per, per teacher. Yeah. I mean, One of my friends, she was in my wedding. She is a teacher and she, she has to teach in a, a portable. I'm not sure if she's still in the portable for a couple years. She was though, which is like outside of the school and yeah. it didn't have the main air conditioning. So it was hot as fuck. And she had like 35 kids and she'd only been teaching for like two or three years. That's insane to me. I And I started like freaking out when I was going through the education program being like, I don't know if I can handle that. Um, and hearing how hard it was for people that were graduating, I was like freaking out. And of course, like, cause of YouTube and stuff, I ended up deciding to switch. Right. Um, but it's just a really difficult job. They really are underpaid. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, they really um, are. We need to be using our funding in much better ways. Yeah, and also I'm so sick of people calling teachers like heroes. Like, I'm sorry, but they didn't sign up to be heroes and lifesavers and put their life on the line for, you know, violent things that happen in schools and COVID and stuff. Like, I understand what you mean by like, yes, teachers do influence people and that's amazing. But at the same time, like it is not their job to be like the counselor and the security guard and a teacher. Like yes. they are not getting paid they enough shouldn't be for that. expected to do that. I get what you're saying. Yes, they are heroes in a lot they of are ways. They're heroes in a lot of ways, but I don't like how Community they have the heroes. pressure to like they have mm-hmm. they're like pressured to be like you know, I feel like heroes in a lot of ways are like are, are selfless and will like, oh, it doesn't matter about the money. I'm mm-hmm. doing it from my mm-hmm. heart. And that may be true for some teachers, but at the same time, at the end of the day, this is a job and yeah. it's okay to be like, 
look, I'm this passionate about my job, but person. I'm not going to do it for free. I'm not going to be a hero just saving yeah. kids. Like at the Buying end of the day, this, stuff. this is my job. I have to make money on this. This isn't fair. Yeah. They have to support their own families. And you know, when you have students that are like hungry and you know, or you don't have enough supplies for your classroom, it's just ridiculous. And, and I think the more that society is like, Oh, they're heroes that, they, you know, they're great. It kind of, it makes people think like they don't need help. They, they can figure it out because they're, they're so good. They're, they're heroes. heroes. Like, no, they're like no, being forced they need to do help. so much. Yeah. And especially now that we've had so many, we have a huge gun problem in America. Right, That's what I'm I saying. Mean, damn, that's, that's very scary. Yeah. That was something I was considering before I went into teaching too, is like, I got to make sure I can protect these kids too. And right. I can like function in a situation like that, not have an anxiety attack and just fall on but the ground. But that's not like, that's you not know? part of your no, that's not what you sign job up description for. as a teacher to be worried about having to, you know, stand in front of your kids and, and risk your life. Like you may do that and you, that may be a part of you as a teacher and that's incredible and wonderful. But mm-hmm. I just, it's not, it's so unfair how, you know, little funding they have for how much they're expected to do. So yeah, I think all of that really factors into why our schools are struggling. But another huge part of why we're struggling is that we expect kids to all kind of be the same type of student mm-hmm. and we don't understand and we don't, uh, you know, really make sure that everyone gets their own personal learning experience and kids with disabilities often really struggle. So we both have experience with that. So we kind of wanted to go over our personal experience in school from kindergarten mm-hmm. of kind of what it was like. So do you want to start? Sure. Um, so I started kindergarten when I was uh, six, but um, I was really, really shy when I was eligible, like old enough to go. And so my parents were like, you know what, she's not ready to go to school yet, mm-hmm. so we'll hold her back. So, Because um, you were really shy. Really, really shy, like debilitatingly shy. And so they so were like, she can't go to school yet. Um, so I'm really old for my grade, which I kind of like. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. You get to like do everything first. Yep. I get to drive first and drink first and whatever. <laughs> so that was cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, elementary and middle school were, um, they were okay I, you know, I never really loved school, like at any age. I was never one of the kids that like loved going or anything. I mm-hmm. always like remember that on the first days of school after summer, I would like cry going to school and like mm-hmm. hated the summer reading and <laughs> yeah, who didn't hate yeah, the summer reading? Real, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I hate summer reading other than the kids that like read now yeah, as adults for fun. <laughs> yeah. Good for you guys. Better people. <laughs> But yeah, so I went um, to a pretty big middle school, I guess you could say, and I had a lot of anxiety around like separation anxiety at the time. My parents were divorced and I was in third grade, but in middle school, my mom moved um, pretty far away from where I had grown up. And so I only saw her like once a week and um, I already had, you know, bad separation anxiety my whole life, but um, I was I guess like really nervous even in seventh grade I remember to go to school and I would like cry a lot at the beginning and like have to go in to see the counselor I remember at one point and then the counselor like made me go into my history class with tears in my eyes still and she was like she's having a rough morning just don't worry about her I was like this is so embarrassing I want to jump out this window right now you know all the kids are looking at you like oh of course everyone looks like (laughs) and then of course the teacher's like sit down we were we were just talking about this we're on page this I'm like oh my god like yeah we wipe my cringe tears from my eyes so mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways that was kind of it was more like emotionally hard for me younger when I was in school but then the academic struggles really kicked off at late middle school early high school well I think that's a lot to do with your high school in particular yeah. um she went to a probably the 
one of the biggest high schools in the state, if not the biggest. It is the biggest. Is it? Mm-hmm. I thought so. It's almost like a college and it's the expectations there are crazy. The competitiveness um, is oh, yeah. unbelievable. Off the charts. I went to a high school that was in an area that's very wealthy. There's a lot of uh, rich families who sent their kids to that high school. Um, and therefore there was a ton of um, being stuck up and, you know, what's the entitlement, yeah. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very clicky. Uh, it was really competitive. Yeah, you Whether that's edu- education, education-wise, we were, you know, always performing well or sports. We were always in the top for something. And I am not athletic and I am not that good at school. So I didn't not fit in very well. No, I'm not competitive. So, um I really didn't like it because again, the clickiness was outrageous Mm -hmm. um, where I went and the the bullying, not that I was necessarily bullied. I wouldn't say I was, but I saw so many people, other people getting bullied. I was just like, this place sucks. Like (laughs) it sounded terrible. My school was not like that. Yeah. I hated it. And my grades were suffering as well. Um, because I would try really hard, but for some reason would, you know, still end up with not great grades. And in my household, C's are not allowed. You only have Same A's and B's. Mind. And if you your grade drops to a C, all your shit's gone until you bring it back up to a B. So I was like constantly getting grounded because my stupid grade would like drop to a 79. And I'd get a text from my dad like, oh, just check power school. Your grade's a C. <laughs> Give me your phone. I'd get in trouble for C's too, though. More in middle school. My parents towards the end of high school were like a little more lenient about that. But they used to it was my mom, especially they would say no hooks. Cause that's what our grandpa actually would say to them. Um, which by the way, some people were asking, uh, her dad is my mom's sibling. Brother. Yeah. Their brother. Yeah. yeah. Her mom, my dad's siblings. Yeah. So, and, um, yeah, I mean, I guess everyone is different on like what grades are good and what not. But yeah, that was our family. We couldn't get C's, but I would always, my grade would drop to a C and mm-hmm. I would get in trouble. And so, um, it was, I came to the point, I'll kind of get into, this is where like my learning disability kind of comes into play. So it was uh, junior year of high school and I had been trying really hard to get good grades and to, you know, improve. And there was at one point, I remember it so well, I was taking a biology test and my mom was like, all right, we're going to study together for like weeks in advance. I'm going to make sure you do really well. Like we're going to, we're going to nail this thing. I was like, okay. So we like studied so hard and for days and days in advance. And I went in there and got like a 68 and I was so devastated. I remember oh, I was like, Oh, the worst. I'm like I'm dumb. And then my other friend, of course, like crammed the night before and got like a B and I was like, like this literally doesn't make sense. Why yeah. am I trying so hard and sucking so bad still? Yeah. And you can't help but compare yourself to no, other kids of course you that can't. you're around. Yeah. yeah. So I was just came to the conclusion I was dumb. I remember being like, well, I literally think I'm just an idiot. So <laughs> oh. I, um, convinced my parents to kind of get me a test done by a psychiatrist about, I was like, something's going on here. If it's not that I literally am just dumb, either that or something's going on. So I got this big test done and it turned out that I have ADD and a really low reading score. The guy was like, <laughs> he told me, he was like, yeah, Janelle, you stick as a junior in high school, your reading score is about an eighth grader. And I was like, <laughs> sick. <laughs> I was like, that makes sense. So yeah, mine's about that too. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but actually it really helped. I was able to get a 504 and kind of figure out ways. Which is what? Um, a 504. I don't know if you guys know what an IEP is. There are two things that are, I don't know the exact, um, like legalities of it, but they're basically to, you know, laws that are in place to keep those with disabilities, you know, having the same, um, sort of, 
chance. Uh, chance yeah. yeah. Opportunity as those who don't. So I qualified. Yeah, exactly. So I qualified for extra time and, um, student notes was another thing I qualified for. And that was incredibly helpful. Audiobooks. Um, yeah. Audiobooks was really helpful. And then, um, when I got into college, i really kind of found my niche, I guess you could say my way of learning. And, uh, I was really able to excel for that, but I, I genuinely think it was because of the fact that someone told me, um, you know, this is what's going on. This is why mm-hmm, mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. are harder for you. I was like, Oh my God, that was so helpful. Just that validation. Cause I was like, so Oh, I'm not dumb. I mean, I really was convinced I was an idiot. <laughs> That's a horrible feeling to have. So I, yeah, it is. It's very damaging for your self-esteem. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And so you decided to go into psychology. So yeah. That was her major in college. Yep. That was my major in college. I had an undergrad in psychology. And that's probably also why you performed better is it was so much in- more interesting yeah. to you. I mean, you love that. Yeah, so. I did. And um, I think college, one thing I will give my high school credit for is the fact that I think they're, they always pride themselves in being like a college prep high school. And I really think they were, they kicked my ass. And so when I got into college, I actually wasn't really that overwhelmed. I had kind of prepared myself. I felt like for the workload. And so I think that was also really helpful. Um, but yeah, college was, was good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, for the most part, I loved it, honestly. So much that you went to grad school. So much that I went to grad school. No, I always knew I would need to go to grad school because I wanted to be a counselor and the type of counselor I wanted to be a licensed counselor. And um, you need to have your master's for that. So grad school was always something I knew I was going to have to do. Um, and yeah, I just graduated like a few months ago. Um, and my degree is in clinical mental health counseling. So I'm uh, technically an unlicensed counselor and I love it. So if you're in high school and you're struggling and you've, you know, you have a learning disability or some other issues that are preventing you from being able to do your absolute best. Don't give up. You no. can, you know, adjust, you can yeah. get help. You can, you can do this. It gets better. Like I promise you, you guys, if you're miserable in high school, like it gets better. That's Life so gets true. so much better. So true. I don't know why people play up high school to be like so fun. Like I feel like it's so played <laughs> up to be like a great time. And well, then, I think for some people it is. Some people some really people peak in high school. Well, I certainly didn't. I definitely didn't either. <laughs> no, I would have took a dip in high school. Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh yeah. So you have kind of a similar experience in some ways. Yeah, I have more to say about earlier education. Yeah, definitely. Um. So yeah, my school experience started in kindergarten, obviously, and um, that's where I was first diagnosed with my learning disability. Actually, I got diagnosed in first grade, but my kindergarten teacher was my tutor. So she figured out, I used to go to her house and get goldfish. I loved it. Um, (laughs) So uh, I used to never really think too much about like getting a tutor or having special, you know, someone coming to get me from class to read with me. I just thought, oh, they want to read with me. Like I had this old lady. She was so nice. She passed away and I was so, so heartbroken when I found out, but I loved her so much. Jance, shout out to you, Jance. She was literally J-A-N-T-Z. Like Jance. That's her last name? Uh, no, it was just Jance. I don't know. That, I, I just called her Jance. <laughs> um, but she was just a volunteer from the neighborhood across the street that would come over and read with oh, kids yeah, that needed Jance. reading help. Yeah, she was awesome. But I didn't really realize it made me like, like I had special needs or anything. Sure. It was just kind of very low key. Um, I remember my parents, cause I had to go get, um, actually diagnosed with ADHD from a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And I went to this big fancy office and they like do a bunch of testing on you and, yep. Got the diagnosis and I struggled a lot with reading issues. I'm also dyslexic. I get back, you know, backwards letters, even when I talk, (laughs) Uh, which there's another type. I forget what it's called. 
I don't know. Um, but there's a way where you can perceive things wrong as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, so reading has always been a struggle for me. That's why I don't read huge sections on mile higher or on this show. Normally Janelle and Josh do that because reading gives me anxiety because <laughs> I get, I just have like trauma from mm-hmm. being reading in front of other kids was mm-hmm. really hard. And Horrible. whenever I did read in the regular classroom and I wasn't in the special ed rooms, we'd do that popcorn game. And Terrible. I know so many of you know the popcorn oh, game. God. Popcorn game has shaved years off my life. <laughs> if you don't know Horrible. what that is, it's like every kid with reading issues, worst nightmare, but For everyone's real? sitting in a circle and then you'd like read something, you'd read a little section, a paragraph. And then when you're done reading, you want someone else to start reading, say popcorn, Matt or pop- popcorn, Annie or something. And then the other person has to go and just start reading out of nowhere. So mm-hmm. you're not prepared. It throws Mm-mm. you off. You can't even prepare. And like, Mm-mm. I used to try to practice things that I was going to read out loud Me so too. that I could memorize them. Me too. I would read in advance. I'd always read in like <laughs> a, a line advance because I was like, yes. if I get called on, I don't want to screw up a word. Cause so many times I would mess up a word and then people would be like, <laughs> and I was yeah, like, they well. laugh. Kids are mean. Like they yeah. can't, kids are mean. They don't yeah. understand. <laughs> Um, and you know, the problem with that is you're spending so much time trying to memorize the next line that you're not even listening to what they're talking about. No, and so like, have a discussion your after. hour is just an anxiety, useless mess. You exactly. know, you learn nothing. No. And that's what a lot of my education looked like in all areas. I have so much educate or so much anxiety around being at school, learning what other people thought of me. And I definitely thought I was stupid. So the big thing for me was, I went to an out of district school. I actually went to the same school district as Janelle for a while. When I first, my parents like uh, heard it was a better school district. So they open enrolled me, even though it wasn't where we lived. And I went there and I loved it. I had great friends there. I had great teachers. That's where Jance was. I never had an issue with my learning disability until third grade when um, they changed the districts for schools and everything and funding changed. So they no longer had the funding for special education for out of district kids. So my parents had to send me to a different school for fourth grade. And I just, I didn't understand that. Like when you're a kid, you don't understand oh, why I, I would literally thought they were like, this kid's too dumb to be here. That is so sad. <laughs> oh my God. I like, could we totally don't want her see anymore. How, I would probably think that too. Like we don't yeah. want to spend her mo- our money on her. She's yeah. useless. A waste. Yeah. That's exactly that what I so thought. That's so terrible. And like, I know my parents had tried to explain it to me, but I don't think they really understood how confused I was at the time sure. and like how traumatic it was for me. And I went to this new school and at the time I had mono. So it was really thin and like I had these dark circles under my eyes and I had a lot of like scrapes that wouldn't heal because I had like immunity deficiency issues. So I had no friends. I went from having a lot of friends to no friends. And then I was like thrown into their special education program, which was completely different. Like the amount of time you were out of the classroom was like almost double. Wow. Like I was, I felt like I wasn't even part of a class for fourth and fifth grade. Fifth, like even fifth grade was probably worse, but yeah. Cause in fifth grade I had a real bitch of a teacher who <laughs> <laughs> did not like me. She acted, she almost was like clicky with all the popular girls. Did you ever have a ew, teacher like that? Who was kind of like in their group. Yeah, I was like, you're one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I always just felt like I'd come back from the special education room and I'd be like, so out. I would just sit there. She'd be like, Oh, you can sit over here until we're done with our, whatever we're doing. And You know, I I feel like I missed a ton because a lot of teachers didn't take the time for me or just kind of passed me on to the next, especially with math. Like I struggled with math so much. I still don't know basic multiplication tables or like even addition off the top of my head (laughs) to a certain extent. Um, And I think people would just would get frustrated and just be like, all right, let me just 
move her along. Sure. And my parents would like complain enough to be like, please let her pass. So sad. Um, So yeah, I had a really bad taste in my mouth about being in special ed and it totally tanked my self-esteem in ways that still affect me to this day. Like someone will say something on YouTube and be like, you're stupid. And I'll take that. I'm like, yeah, I'm stupid. Am I I, stupid? Wow. I must be stupid. And everyone else knows. And I just didn't know. And you know, it like still hits you to this day because when you're a kid, that stuff, I mean, what happens to you when you're young really does make a difference. I think everyone can, you know, attest to the fact that there has been something that someone has said to you when you were young and Mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal to someone else, but to you, it still scars you and you still think about it. You still cringe when you're (laughs) reminded of it still things from like fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah, uh, totally. So um, when I went to middle school, I continued with that. Um, I didn't really know I had a choice not to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents had me in there and I was super, super embarrassed in middle school because that's when they would start, you know, someone would come in and be like, all right, my whole group come with me. We're going to take this test. And then I found in middle school, it was just, it was like, they were barely trying to teach me. It was like, they were, there was too many kids or something because it was a lot of feeding us the answers like full on. They'd be like, all right, guys. The choice is either A, B, C, or D. Is it which one? And someone would raise their hand and be like, D. And they'd be like, try again. And until someone would get it right. And then we'd all answer it together. And sometimes I'd get 90 to 100% on tests that I didn't even, like, I didn't understand didn't. the material at all. Wow. It was fucking crazy. Like That's, that's <laughs> almost, like, worse because you're just giving, you're making kids think that they're doing great and they're getting good grades. And you're making yeah. the parents think that. It, they're doing good, but really mm-hmm. if you're just giving them the answer. And then it's like when, you know, CSAP would come around, which was like uh, in Colorado, our like standardized tests yeah. before ACT or yeah, whatever. Like, it's like you do it yearly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would bomb those. Right. <laughs> My parents would be like, whoa, she's way Dude, under I grade always level. Like, those two. <laughs> and I would get somewhat decent grades. It depended on the teacher and how much they would let me get special help and everything. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I definitely was, I had a really bad taste in my mouth about education in general, thought I was dumb, went into high school like that. And at that point I was like, fuck this special ed stuff. I am not going to be in this anymore. I'm so, I was so embarrassed. I was like, high school is my new start. I'm going to be seen as smart. No one's going to know any of this about me. Yeah. And yeah. And I struggled hard. Like high school, I had a lot of tutors. Um, I did summer school. I failed things. I, you know, just struggled my whole way through. And now looking back, I'm like, why didn't you take the help? It's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't like blame yourself for not doing it because Mm -hmm. like you said, I mean, high school is really hard as it is. I mean, honestly, I think it was probably like the hardest four years that I've been through, like just socially and everyone's just like going through hormonal changes and no one wants to be judged. Everyone's trying to figure out who they are. And like, it's so, so bad for so many reasons. So when you already, you know, throw struggling with school on top of that, or like being made fun of because you're learning a different way than everyone else, like I would probably have been like, screw that. Like I'll just suffer in silence. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I, that's what I did. And yeah, my, my parents were frustrated. I know it was like, they were concerned about whether I'd get into college. That was a big thing, Yeah, you know, and I barely made it through. I, I mean, I did make it to college by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> um, I didn't do that bad. Actually. I think I got like a two, seven or a two, nine leaving high school and, um, you know, ACT got like whatever you need to, to get accepted yeah. at the base level. But yeah, struggled the whole way through. Yeah. And I think it's really sad the way that, um, you know, especially now that it's probably so much worse now that there's way more kids than when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Probably getting even less attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I wonder what it is like. I don't know. Did you find that your 
college experience was different? Yes. I really enjoyed college um, and I did way, way better just like you. Yeah. I mean, I went to UNC and just loved it. I really did. I had a great experience there. And it's kind of funny because in our state, the big schools are like CSU and CU. Um, So that's where like most of our like people we knew in high school went. And I remember I told someone I was going to UNC and they're like, oh, University of No No Other Other Choice. Choice. Yeah, I've been told that one too. Yep. I mean, that's kind of what it's known as. But I don't think it's that bad of a school. I mean, I really liked it. Oh, I loved it. I had some shit professors. But like the actual school, it was really fun. And um, just, just getting to focus on what I was interested in. And for me, I was doing education classes. So I kind of went in, I kind of picked that major because I did want to influence people. And I love that I get to do that in my job now every day to so many more people than I would if I was a teacher. Mm-hmm. But, um, one of the main reasons I did it is cause I thought it'd be fun to kind of like still be connected to my inner child. And like, I, I really loved babysitting. So I was like, <laughs> oh, and I want to have kids. Like I really want, I love, I really want to be a mom one day. So I thought, oh, I would love being around kids all day. Right. Then it's like, there's so much more to that. And I thought, you know, I'd only have to know as much as like a third grader (laughs) max or like fifth grade if I'm going to be a second grade teacher, you know? And I thought, you know, like that I'll be smart enough for that. I got to be smarter than a third grader, right? (laughs) Shut the fuck up. And I was 18. And, you know, I think that's way too young to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life. It's absurd. That's a whole different topic. The pressure of like, okay, decide what you're majoring in. What are you going to do? Oh, you're going to change your major? Wow. You wasted a year of your life. Wow. It's like, oh my God. I know. It's so irritating. Um, So yeah, I kind of just picked teacher because- I was doing some stuff my senior year where I would like go volunteer at this elementary school and I loved the class and I just was like, I wanted, I want that. It was fun, but I was only there on the fun stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like, sure. You're not um, there when you're staying up, you know, till 11 PM grading yeah. papers and making lesson plans and yeah. not getting paid for it. Honestly, when we started learning about standardized testing, my junior year of college and how that works and how you're responsible for all these students test scores and stuff. That's when I really started being turned off and freaked out by it. Cause I was like, that is so much responsibility. I don't want parents coming after me because I don't even understand their test questions. Like <laughs> I can barely read, like we're <laughs> not going to work. Um, so, I mean, I think I would have probably been a good teacher. I definitely, I love kids. I love people, but it would have been extremely, extremely hard. And uh, yeah, I'm happy doing what I am now. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things I found out about it once I was in the major that I just didn't like. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's not what I thought it was. No, it's it's very strict. Mm-hmm. And I understand why it needs to be to some degree because like we have to have some baseline of what you know students in America are expected to learn. Otherwise, <laughs> someone from right. here could learn this and yes. someone from here could learn this. You yes. Know? And so, I mean, that's the argument for standardized testing is making sure we get an even education for everybody. But like um, standardized test, it's the format of the standardized mm-hmm. testing. Like that is such crap. Why can't you, you know, t- t- sh- prove your worth in your education by doing something else like a big project or yes, I, I don't know, a presentation. I know that. Uh, and then I know there's some of you people who are probably listening to this and like, oh my God, a presentation. I'd rather die. I'd rather take a test than do <laughs> that. But like, I think that goes to show that like everyone really does learn different. Yes. And, like, maybe you do do best with the standardized test. Maybe you're thriving in a test setting. Maybe Great. you're good with essays. Maybe you or... thrive in essays. Great. Maybe you yeah. thrive in presentations and speeches. Awesome. Like that's another thing the people in Finland do is they don't have any multiple choice tests. There's yeah. no multiple choice answers. Well, it's like all... That's other things like graded individually. Our school's 
teach you how to memorize and they mm-hmm. teach you how to take mm-hmm. tests. They do not actually teach you the information. You are yeah. you are typically, you know, shoving as much info as you can into your head, mm-hmm. s- literally spewing it out on a piece of paper and then you leave the classroom and it just leaves your head and you never yep. think about it again. Yep. Yeah, think about how many times you've spent studying for weeks for something and <laughs> Imagine, do you remember any yeah, of it? Try now? taking it now. No. Yeah. You'd get like a 20%. Right. I mean, it's like, what's the point? You're not really actually teaching anything. I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. And I'm, I'm curious about what you guys think should change in the American school system to improve it mm-hmm. or what you would like to see change as far as something that affected you in your education journey. I mean, everyone has such a different experience in school and maybe you're listening to us and really can't relate because you love school and you're super yeah. smart and Good for you, man. (laughs) I'm jealous. No, yeah. I I know a lot of kids that it was like, you know, they're just naturally really smart. Yeah. Thrive in a public setting. Don't get anxiety and are great at sports. So high school, middle school. That was my boyfriend. Yeah. I was literally thinking of John in my head just now. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. He was quite the opposite. We went to the same high school and he was thriving and I... He was definitely more popular than I was. He had, you know, friends that were in the popular group, and he was a varsity football player and yeah, had good grades. Like the quarterback, and you were sleeping I, in your car. And I was sleeping in my car in my off periods. They're like, "Damn, John, what are you doing?" Dating Janelle, she's sleeping. She'd be like her- FaceTiming me up at college, like yeah. sleeping in the car, eating Taco Bell, and being like, "All right, I'm gonna go take a nap," and then be like, "Recline back." Senior <laughs> year, I basically gave up on having friends because I just wasn't vibing with anyone at my school anymore. So I just kind of became a loner. And yeah. was like waiting to graduate and get to college. And I spent a lot of time in my car by myself talking to Kendall and it was lit. <laughs> so if you are sleeping in your car on your off periods, I'm telling you it gets better. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't take high school too seriously. No, for sure. No, it really doesn't even matter in the end of the day. Like no one's going to ask about your yeah. stupid high school grades. Yeah. And your self-worth should not be determined oh God, by no. your performance. Oh God, and for no. so many of us, I know that it is. Yeah. Looking back, I'm like, whatever, dude. Like, I know there are so many bigger things to worry about. I'm not saying like, screw school. Don't do it. Obviously, like take it seriously. But that means something different to everyone. And there's no one way to do it correctly. Yeah, absolutely. So that was our spiel on school, guys. Our spiel on school. (laughs) I was going to say, is there more to spiel about? Is there more to talk about? I think that's kind of it for right now. I definitely want to hear your guys' feedback on all of this. We've gone over a lot. A lot of shit, yeah. Um, And definitely check out that clip, please, that shows the schools in Finland. I love it. It shows other countries, too, I think, in that one clip. Um, And right again, it's on YouTube, so it's so good. And I think it will really drive all this home for you. Yeah, it's really interesting. But that's it for us today, guys. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you on the next sesh. But But until until then, keep keep it fresh. fresh.